live from the heart of Los Angeles, this is the at-home edition of the Life Changes Show. Look at the bright eyes. Look at the bright eyes. With tonight's guest, co-creator of Evolution of the Heart, Bill Plum. Look at the night sky. Look at the night sky. And tonight's performance guest, the J. Juan Escobedo. I am Mark Leisure, and now our host, the MC, the Master of Change, Filippo Voltaggio. I've been excited about today's show ever since a couple months ago when I saw a flyer that said, Men, are you ready? Let's take the ball and press forward. And there was a group of men playing football in the mud, and it talked about men in a way, uh, and and it to me it spoke of conversations in a way that we men don't normally have, that men don't normally have. And it was evolution of the heart, and I said, evolution of the heart, I know evolution of the heart. That's... That's Bill Klum, our guest today. And I've had the pleasure of knowing Bill through our uh, executive producer and my friend and spiritual advisor, Dorothy Lee Donahue, uh, for many years. But I, I didn't know what he was doing around this group and why and how. And I was so fascinated. Something touched me about it. Knowing a little bit about him, I remember one of my first meetings with him thinking uh, I, I, I knew I had met his son, I thought, uh, I, I, and I remembered thinking, wow, I wonder what it would have been like having him as a father. Uh, he, he, he comes across, came across to me and comes across so honest and genuine. And I, I, I really liked what he was sharing and how he was speaking with his kids and and with his friends and family at, at the event where I first met him. So I got to thinking, and when, when he and I got to talking today about what we were going to talk about on the show, I thought, wow, how uncanny is this? I just had a conversation with, a, with one of my clients, a life coaching session. And in it, she had told me that she traveled to see her father, and she's now an adult, and she was was trepid, had trepidations about this meeting with her father, and because they never really got along, and he was, you know, one of those men. Now I know what she meant because we had had sessions on this before. Uh, you can imagine potentially the point of it is this: is that I met with her today after her trip. She shared with me that she had a newfound appreciation for her father. She actually likes her father. She had her father all wrong. And that it was actually uh, her mother's issues that made the relationship not work. And that her father, she thinks, ended up uh, doing the right thing in the end. 
And I thought it was interesting that here was a man who was misunderstood in all the conversations that she was sharing with me about the anger about her father and we had worked on for a while, that she would come to find out that her father was misunderstood. And in so much of our guests' work, I get the feeling that this is prevalent, uh, that men can be misunderstood, women can be misunderstood, we can all be misunderstood, but the fact that there's potential for us to be able to understand ourselves and understand each other, men and women, and that men have a place that they could go to more and more groups like this are starting out is very exciting to me. And so I'm looking forward to that conversation on air with Bill Klum a little later on. I have been so taken by not only the music of our guest, Juan Escovito, a.k.a. The J, but how he shares his music, how his family shares their music, and how they share their music and their family together with the world. So looking forward to that conversation, all on the Life Changes Show at Home Edition, right after this. Have you felt inspired to meditate, but you just can't? Do you suffer from anxiety, but fidget toys just make you more fidgety? Want to replace negative self-talk in your head that keeps bringing you down? Introducing the latest self-help solution, Phi Beads. Transformational beaded jewelry inspired by ancient wisdom, science, math, and psychology. All Phi Beads are designed to incorporate the powerful Fibonacci sequence, nature's mathematical formula that has shaped our existence from the beginning of time. The Fibonacci sequence, also known as the golden mean or the golden ratio, is recognized by our conscious and unconscious mind and resonates as order out of chaos like we see in plants, flowers, seashells, ocean waves, the pyramids, and in our own body. Not only beautiful, they feel good to wear. Phi beads can help anchor tranquility, positivity, focus, and structure in your life by doing the Phi meditation. Phi meditation helps you harness the power of I am for intention, affirmation, and manifestation. Affirm the life you want. Get your set of Phi Beads at PhiBeads.com. That's Phi, P-H-I, Beads.com. You are listening to A Conversation That Matters on The Life Changes Show. Broadcasting live from the heart of Los Angeles every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Time. Share the journey with us at LifeChangesShow.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Life Changes Show. And we're back. I, I, like I said, I'm excited about this show. This is our episode 698, and we've titled it Surrendering to the Opening of Your Own Heart. And so I am online with our executive producer and co-host, Mark Lejour. One of the most important conversations that we will have had I think uh, this is something that we should be learning a lot younger in life, so I can't wait to hear what Bill has to say. Wow, very good point, Mark. Thank you. Well, we can get right to it. Our guest is spiritual retreat facilitator, spiritual coach, and co-creator of Evolution of the Heart. Welcome, Bill Klum, to the Life Changes Show. Yeah, thank you, Filippo and Mark. Ah. <clears throat> uh, <sighs> Bill, you inspired so much in in our short conversation and obviously through the years that I've known you. 
I want to actually start off by saying something and, 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 and I kind of, I want to say like, I'm sorry in a way uh, for, I'm not in a way I'm sorry. I mean, society I feel uh, has changed and yet um, I don't know that we've changed enough. I think back at 18 years old, you were smoking uh, a marijuana um, joint because your friends were. And what happened? Huh. <clears throat> well, that was a long time ago. And I ended up getting arrested and be sentenced to prison for five to 10 years. And that was quite an experience. I know spirit didn't mean that to hurt me, but it was part of what was unfolding in my life. And although it could be a negative experience for others, it was how spirit God was working with me. And so in that place, it came to learning to accept what is. I don't feel any lesser or any more like I wasn't being punished. It was actually for my own good. And so it just unfolded into this long life of becoming aware, awakening and finding and discovering the love that's always been in my heart. And so you came out of this experience and you went to work and you started, you started making more money than you or your family ever had. So life was good. You had a wife, you had children, you had everything that uh, a person could want. Quote unquote. Yeah, that, that was true. You know, like uh, I grew up in a military family and <clears throat> they're always kind of on the edge and moving around, never really connecting with anybody on the way because we kept moving. And yet that, that place in me, just when I had the opportunity, I got to unfold the gift that I was in my work and it just kept growing and growing and growing and expanding. So whatever my parents couldn't give me, I could give to my own children. And so in that place of, you know, the money can be, you know, like a temptation. And so in the making of that, I got lost in it. And a lot of pain came into my life through divorce and disappointment and all those things that come with it. And yet, you know, I know that not all relationships are forever. It was just the way that spirit, the divine was opening me and cracking my heart open so that I could begin to realize who I am. And that was just one of the thresholds I needed to walk through and knowing that it was just my heart calling me back home. So you were walking through threshold after threshold. Yes. And, uh, you, you had yet uh, another few thresholds to go through. You, you grew up as a Catholic and then became a born-again Christian and not only became a born again Christian, you became a Christian preacher for five or six years, right? Yes. You know, and yeah. So it just, uh, you know, I, I, I think many people have this hope and desire to know what the truth is in life and discover the truth in them. And I gave it everything I jumped into. I gave it my all. I know my kids always used to say, Whatever my dad does, he's got to be first. 
And that was just true. I wanted to be the best that I could and give the best. But at the end of it, there was this place that I had given myself to every everybody else except for myself. And so in my own being, I was empty and disappointed. And so I pulled away from it and spirit God led me on a, just another path of discovery. And it really gained, it began with the depth of pain that I was feeling was the place I started yearning and the curiosity to know. I, I, I think of some of the, cause this, I know we had talked about before and uh, years ago and you had been through many different workshops for years and years and years in some cases uh, with 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 spiritual leaders or uh, gurus of sorts and and were those paths seeming right at the time because you stayed a long time with some of them because they ended up being the places you wanted to get out of at one point, but were they seeming right or you just didn't know better or you couldn't get out? Didn't have anything better. Well, you know, the depth of where one wants to open whoever you work with, if they haven't worked, walked in the depth of their own opening, where can they take you? How can you express even myself to somewhere I've never been? And so in that place, I just was such a desire to get out of pain and into the pleasure of life. And so that just kind of was really eating at me. I wanted to find the depth of who I am. And I believe that every person I worked with, every seminar I worked with, only came to the place of the end of the road for me to realize the depth of loneliness and abandonment that I felt in life. And so that abandonment and loneliness is that belief that I was separate from my divinity. And it was painful, even though I had my beautiful wife and children and everything, there's that place that I just felt this and I didn't know how to get through it. And I believe it was just the sledgehammer of God cracking that outer arrogance, which most of humanity works in. I didn't even know that I was arrogant until I discovered it. And in that cracking open, my heart just opened like a floodgate and the tears were there for years and years. It really brought me back home to love the intuition and the man that I actually always was and didn't know. So this has been a journey of many, many years. And yes. you the, the fact that you had consciousness asking God in, in the, that jail cell, why am I here? It's almost like the existential question of all time, right? Yes. And, and so you're asking about the jail cell, but in a sense, why am I everywhere or anywhere? Yeah, I, I really believe that this place of separation that we believe in is we were never separate. It's just what the mind thinks because we haven't yet fully opened to the presence in our own heart. So the mind is for logic and reasoning. And so we're trying to reason and ask these questions. Why? You probably won't get the answer to the why because the mind cannot take us there. And that's the place that's still healing as well. As the mind begins to drop more into the heart, it becomes that oneness to where your everyday existence brings you this place of acceptance. And in that space of, yeah, I did a lot of workshops and 
some of them I just came to the end because I was complete. And then in my last mentor that I experienced, this man had an endless well of depth. And I'm so thankful for this man in my life. He passed about three or four years ago. I was with him for 10 years and man, did he, he was the sledgehammer, man. He really, he really did not hold anything back with me to see if I could be there with it. And little did I know that I would be the one doing this work now. I mean, it, it was never in my agenda. It wasn't in my thought because I liked being the student, but now I've become the teacher and the sign of a good teacher too, as I believe that you can be a good student no matter where you go. But here's the thing about this. I'm a get it done guy. So I tried to force this and force this. And the truth is we can't make what make it happen. We can only fall into it in the slowing down so that we can listen so that we can hear we're being spoken to all the time. And we're moving in a world that's so fast. It feels like there is no time left. We got to get it done. And yet it takes the slowing down for us to really hear. Almost like we have, if we want to get there faster, we have to slow down. Well, yeah, and it's uncomfortable. And so even the uncomfortable is a movement. So in being with the uncomfortable, I know everybody's experienced that somewhere. That's even a gift. And so in taking that on and just being with it, it actually, when you sit with it long enough, it actually moves you into the comfortable space of your life because you start hearing your heart again. So when I, uh, when my client was starting to put herself down for having been so stupid in a sense, she said to, to think of her father in that way. And I said, well, first you were a child. Secondly, uh, you were, you were being guided by your mother or, or the family. Uh, thirdly, your father might have changed uh, he might also have been going through things. He might have been the breadwinner, or he was, but so he might have been going through his process as well of providing and didn't have time to do certain things for your mother or for you, or didn't know how, or that's not how it was done then. So all of these things we just don't know. And But one thing we do know, Bill, is that as men usually in our many of our societies here on the planet we're not allowed to process as much or we're not allowed to process in the same way if we talk about it that's kind of weird to some and if we cry that's just wrong well you know i i lived with the roughest and toughest when i spent my time there and yet underneath, I discovered the vulnerability that was there. And I was so afraid to show emotion because I felt it's viewed as a weakness. And so in this space, I've allowed myself to feel the vulnerability. It's really quite uncomfortable until it actually integrates. And as you integrate it, you really, it becomes your strength. It's not a weakness. It takes time to develop strength, like going to the gym. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes time to really get comfortable. And in that place, what I'm discovering, men are super sensitive. And they're so afraid to show it. And in my invite, knowing that I am a man, and yet I have that sensitivity, real men cry. Real men show their emotions. 
and they don't have to be ashamed of it. It's just a judgment that's not really correct or true. And so it takes a while to be comfortable and to accept the fact that I love deeply. And when you love that deep, it gives you a lot more ability to accept the things that are around us that are uncomfortable and know that it's all in the plan of evolution and the divinity of our planet as well. And, you know, we look in the world today, a lot of that is all unintegrated emotion. Mm. You could be worth 300 billion, 500 billion, be the president of a country. And in that place of the pain being unintegrated, it'll spill out on others. And so you can see that in the mind, it's never enough. It's never enough. You need more. You need more. And I think that's been the driving force on our planet for so long. Is that more? And it takes time to accept what is. Speaking of accepting what is, somebody, this must have been the the spiritual teacher you were talking about. Was he the one uh, that said, accept your femininity, was it? Yes, that I had to embrace the feminine. I thought, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Is that going to change my gender? I was so judgmental about that. (laughs) So tell us, what what did that mean, (laughs) at least to you? (laughs) Well, anyway, you know, when he said something, it took me a while to chew on it and say, well, is, you know, it had to be a yes in my own heart to find the experience of it. And I decided, you know what? I want to know, I'm going to walk into the unknown of this. And I worked with this lady and she says, Bill, just quickly, what is it you want? I says, I want to experience the divine feminine in myself. She said, pick a symbol. And I said, I couldn't think one. She said, stop thinking and just pick something. I picked the star of David for some reason. That was just kind of the symbol. And then she says, go ahead and allow yourself to anchor to the depth of the planet. And I just felt myself dropping to the core of Mother Earth. And she held me like I've never been held before. And it really brings up a lot of emotion. And so in that space, I have never felt that safe in my entire life. And so embraced, so appreciated, so loved that I just stayed with it for a bit. Then I just kind of came back. And when I stood on my two feet, I realized there was a completion happening in me that I felt so grounded and a new strength of embracing that. And it's become the depth of the intuition I have by embracing the feminine. Wow. And so it's part of being a man is really embracing all and knowing there's nothing wrong. It's all good. Wow. I know you work with Patricia, your wife, when you work in, in groups and we're going to go back to talking about the men's group in a minute, but groups, obviously it's men and women and basically usually more women, right? Yes. Then um, has uh, so I, I knowing Patricia and knowing uh, for example, what she's doing now and how she goes about her work and how hard she works at other things too. I would say she's obviously very feminine, but has embraced her feminine, her masculine side. I would say that. Yes. But on the scale, she's much more feminine than masculine. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's okay. But of course, though. So. And I'm I'm much more masculine right. than feminine, and yet I've embraced that part of myself. And knowing that we we all had a mother and father, so we've got those genes on us to 
open to and to really begin to express. When men really begin to express, what what starts to happen to them in your groups, for example, as you've well, you know, most of the time they're expressing, they're not even knowing what they're wanting to express because they've never been able to put words to it. And they feel it and they have such a fear of somebody thinking they're weak or, you know, this is not going to be proper. And, you know, and yet as our weekends go on, the energy comes in, we work a little bit at a time and then there's just layers that begin to peel. And I've watched men when they've been invited to really feel their hearts just crack open and sometimes drop to the floor and just weep and weep and weep. And I get on the floor with them. I've held so many 50 year old men in my arms and wept with them. And when the women saw us on the floor weeping like that, they burst into tears because they've never seen that. Mm. Or maybe they have somewhere, but not at the level of where these men have opened And these men really have a lot of courage to be able to face their emotional bodies and be who they are. And they find out it's all good. And then they just want more because their hearts open. They're just so hungry and thirsty to become who they are. So speaking of becoming who we are, I, so when I started out, I say, I I wanted to, start off by saying I'm sorry and then I said in a sense and and then I'm like and then I am sorry but in a sense and by the in a sense I mean that when I talk to you today as you share today as you stand today both in in your relationship with Patricia in your relationship with your children and your adopted children uh, in your relationship with the people you work with in the relationship with yourself and, and, and I know people like you, and I know they've been through it the hard way. And so when I say I apologize, I mean, the, the in a sense means that exactly what you started to say, that it was part of your process to get to here. And now that you're here and you did all that work for here and not that you're ever done on yourself or any of us are ever done on ourselves. What was that for? Well, I I just feel like it's just been something, you know, sometimes we want something and we feel the yearning and we just don't know where to go or what to do with it. And it kind of gets stuck in our upper chest and men have a lot of upper chest constriction because they haven't been able to express, you know, other than a lot of anger, you know, you can see that. And yet even the anger is a gift. It's kind of a protector over what men don't want to feel. It could also be others too. Women do the same. And yet there's that huge plate of protection. And underneath that, beyond the anger, when it's embraced, actually comes to that place that brings them into the feeling of sadness and grief. And it's just a process. It doesn't go away overnight. It's just as you integrate and process on the other side of that, you begin piercing the veil and discovering who you really are. And when people really men see that and feel it, it really inspires them to become more. And I feel our, our planet really needs more men, more men to come into the work and really 
get honest with themselves and become who they are. They're very needed on the planet right now. You know that, you know, um, go ahead. I, well, I was, I was thinking about your friend and mine, uh, Dorothy Lee Donahue, who I've watched people work with her and go through some really, really hard times. And I used to ask her at the beginning, before I started doing some of this work myself, I used to ask her, how, how can you do that? Like watch people go through such hard stuff and be, be so present and calm. And, and she'd say, I, I know what's on the other side. I know where we're working, what we're working on and for, and this stuff has to get up and out of the way. And then you said something today and you said, you know who you are. And that makes a difference too, obviously. So all of that combined, what would you say to that? Well, you know, um, I worked with Dorothy way back many years and she was really inspirational to me and was part of my own movement. And yet I just in the room, you know, I, we're working with emotions and people. It's not that I'm impervious to it. I'm holding the space mm -hmm. because without their yes to it, nothing's going to happen as good as we are. Unless there's a yes in your heart to this, you won't go very far. And so the question I always ask in the room is how deep is your yes? Mm. And so that's a big question. The second one is what are you devoted to in life? And men are directional. When men lose their purpose and are not present, whatever relationship they're in, it's not going to be a good one because it all has to come back home to self. You can't give another what you haven't received. Even in what I teach, I cannot teach unless I have been there myself. And so that gives me permission to speak into it. And these are places, as one of your quotes, I can't quote it exactly, is when you work in the invisible, you can see what's invisible in another and invite them to that invisible part of themselves, the shadow of the love and who they are in the planet. And when a man is on purpose and present, it's a beautiful thing to see. Mm. It's what they've always wanted. And they can be so present to their family, to work. And everything becomes your purpose. It's not, you don't separate your life from your work. It's all one. It's all one movement. <laughs> mm. That's beautiful. Well, thank you for being on purpose and being on purpose here with us and sharing in the way that you are, Bill. We're going to have a couple more minutes when we come back. And I'm wondering if during that time you could share with some of the men that might be going through the different aspects that you've experienced, or even if you haven't experienced, but you know, uh, because you've worked with so many people that a lot of these experiences uh, have similar understandings or similar results, uh, uh, both good and bad, depending on where somebody can go with it uh, or knows how to go with it. And potentially words from you that you could share saying, I know what you're going through and, and uh, where you could go with this. And, and here's something to consider uh, because you've been there and this is one of the things that you help guide people through. So I look forward to hearing what you could share on that bill when we come back. And uh, 
if you are interested in learning more about whether it's the men's group or the group group or working with Bill or Bill and Patricia, uh, go to evolution of the heart, evolution of the You can also find them on Instagram at evolution heart on Instagram. So we'll be back with more of Bill Clum in our uh, next segment. We'll have the ask Dorothy segment. And soon after that, our performance segment with Juan Escovito, also known as the J here on the life changes show. And we come back right after this. The Little Dog That Could is the fantastically true story of a man and a little dog that came into his life as his mentor to help him understand the world beyond his human senses and to experience life, love, and healing beyond his human understanding. Best-selling author Filippo Voltaggio, who currently hosts the highly regarded Life Changes show, is an internationally known singer, speaker, and life coach. Filippo offers up his own story, how one little surprise package in fur and four legs transformed his life unexpectedly forever and furthered his path of self-discovery. In The Little Dog That Could, Filippo brings to life the meaning of the adage, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Through the reading of this book, you will experience the journey of real miracles that transcend time, space, and logic while gaining practical tools that will help you navigate your way. The Little Dog That Could is available through Amazon and Barnes & Noble. For more information, visit thelittledogthatcould.com. That's thelittledogthatcould.com. You are listening to A Conversation That Matters on The Life Changes Show. Broadcasting live from the heart of Los Angeles every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Time. Share the journey with us at lifechangesshow.com. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Life Changes Show. We're back. This is the Life Changes Show at Home Edition with our spiritual retreat facilitator, spiritual coach, and co-creator of Evolution of the Heart, Bill Klum. We've been having such a great conversation. Uh, if you want to learn more about them, you can go to evolutionoftheheart.com or find them on Instagram at Evolution Heart. Uh, Bill, what uh, what do you think about saying something to men going through some times right now? Well, men, I'd like to say I can feel your hearts and my heart goes out to each one of you. I want you to know you can get through the pain. It's a gift. The pain is the medicine. There's no shortcut to it. It's what brings us through. It invites us to come back home to self. And in that yearning in the depth of your soul, just the willingness is enough. Just the willingness. And so in walking through the pain, breathing into the pain, invite the pain to speak to you what it's wanting to communicate. And as you're sensing and feeling that it's okay to be sensitive, guys, I've gotten used to it. It's, it's part of your gift to open your heart. And I can just about walk anybody through any threshold, unless there's something new I haven't seen. It always comes up here and there, but you can do this. And the thing is, we're not meant to do it alone, guys. Mm. We're so programmed to think that we need to be this superhero and yet, being a superhero really is in, in inviting your heart 
to speak to you, to be on purpose, to learn how to be in presence. It's a deep invite. How deep is your yes? And what do you devote it to? Thank you, Bill. Yeah, you know, when we talked about some of the things uh, that had that I had known about your life and I wondered how that all came through and you, you said right away that, and you even said it on the show, that you don't feel like you have had anything worse than anybody else and uh, or however you said it that, that and and I and I feel like that's part of the condition of life somehow and and, and whether it is worse than somebody else or not or it, it, it's it's how we feel it inside and what we do with it right yes and it really depends on how you know you open to life and yet even in my deepest pain was my deepest opening. So I I feel that sometimes the deeper yearning is that connection to God in our deepest pain is when we finally cry out, God, please show me what I need to do. Mm. And then I I feel also along comes with that is a place of not being heard, seen, felt. Men are sensitive more than people are aware of. And they deserve to have a place to go, to be, so that you can be the best version of yourself. It takes surrender. And surrender is unique to each one of us, however it comes. And in that surrender is where spirit really gets to work on us. And then the deeper place it takes us to is devotion. And devotion is such a profound awareness that really opens our hearts to everything and everyone here on the planet. Some people you got to keep a distance from like what's happening in the world and are not safe, but the acceptance of what is, is what actually brings the change. We don't know what spirits working out with everybody around the world right now. We're just, I believe that all the stuff that is coming up is all the unhealed things on the planet now coming into our awareness uh, indeed, you know, Bill, I, I'm glad you're doing these workshops and I know men are benefiting from them and more men will benefit. I'm wondering if, uh, someday a book of stories, uh, of, of the, the men experiences that, uh, and the breakthroughs and the ahas might be something that writes itself. If spirit, if spirit says that's what's supposed to happen. But in any event, in the meantime, I'm glad Spirit says this was supposed to happen. And here we've been, Bill Clum. <laughs> what <Yeah>. a pleasure. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and actually, and, and look, the internet survived. I know you're in the boonie somewhere in Canada, but the internet stuck with us. And so it was meant to be. What a pleasure yes. to speak with you, Bill. Yeah, and thank you guys for all the support on the uh, work, you know, on the show tonight or today. And uh, thank you, thank you so much. And don't forget yourself. Sometimes we put this piece of being overloyal, loyal to everybody else except self. This is the place we get to put self first. It's not selfish, but the deeper you open to self, all those around you will benefit your children, cutting a path for them in the world. And 
one little piece I forgot to talk about, Filippo, was that lady that got to know her father again. Every generation is different, and there's more brightness coming in our world. The young ones, you can see how bright they are. They are the new light. You are the new light coming to the planet. That's where the change becomes when the light is in you, it spreads out to others. There's more love in the world than most of us realize, even with all that we see, the contraction. So you have a lot of hope that's been birthed in you and is ready to awaken. And so it is. Thank you <clears throat> so for that. Beautiful. beautiful indeed. Evolution of the Heart, evolutionoftheheart.com with Bill Klum. Whew. Thank you so much. And with that, we have our Ask Dorothy segment. Dear Dorothy, this is Jessica from San Antonio, Texas. I just read an article by an Australian nurse, Bonnie Ware, who spent years working in palliative care and observed how the terminally ill all mention at least one of the following five regrets and shared these regrets in her book, The Five Regrets of the Dying. Her desire is that humanity learn from her experiences and possibly avoid having the same regrets ourselves. The top five regrets she encountered are, number one, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. Number two, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Number three, I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. Number four, I wish I'd stayed in touch with my friends. And number five, I wish that I'd let myself be happier. I was shocked to discover that if I were terminally ill right now, all five of these would be my regrets. So my question for you is how to change my life so that these five regrets would no longer be applicable in my personal life. Dear Jessica, thank you for this very important question. I lovingly ask you to remember that you are the power in your world. More than ever, please know that now is the time for you to pay close attention to your daily thoughts, words, feelings, and actions as these are the things that co-create your reality. Instead of wishing for you to have the courage to be true to yourself, let's begin making a conscious choice upon awakening to do so. Doing is what co-creates our reality, and wishing doesn't. As soon as you wake up, you can start your day with a simple ritual of thanking the universe for supporting you in co-creating an amazing day filled with awesome choices. For example, you could choose to love yourself enough right now to cut down your working hours and to gift yourself with important time off. And as for expressing your feelings, you might want to write them down to become truly clear as to which ones serve you and which ones don't. Once you get clear about your feelings, you can add to your morning ritual a thank you to yourself for easily expressing your feelings to the ones you love. And, dear Jessica, it's not too late to make it a daily habit, habit to connect with your friends and loved ones and let them know how much you love and respect them. Use some of the new downtime you're creating by working less and to make phone calls or write to those important people in your life. If you choose to make these vital changes, you may find that happiness results. Thank you, Dorothy. And if you have a question for Dorothy, please write her at askdorothy at lifechangesshow.com. And we'll be right back with our performance guest, 
Juan Escovito, also known as the J, right after this on the Life Changes Show at Home Edition. There are self-help seminars costing thousands of dollars guaranteeing miraculous transformations. There are compelling speakers and life-changing weekend experiences where you can walk on fire. They all deliver revelations that guarantee you'll come back for the more expensive revelations filled with even greater wonder next month on Fiji. We get addicted to positive, heartfelt, expensive theater. What we really need is a jumpstart, an awakening, someone who can give us a reminder that everything we need lies within. Through inspiration and practical knowledge, Dorothy Donahue helps people get grounded and motivated, inspired and energized. It's not just words and affirmations and the power of intention. It's a mindset brought about by a tangible, transcendental experience, an audiovisual, physical, spiritual experience that helps us realize we transform ourselves. We get tools to become the conscious co-creators of lives of unlimited potential. Find out more. Go to DorothyDonahue.com. The Life Changes Show is a talk, music, and variety show presented by Life Changes Network, which is a company whose team has dedicated their lives not only to positive change, but to helping others observe and embrace, honor, and celebrate their own changes, thus enabling a more positive, inspired life and helping to create a more positive and inspired world. From everyday people, celebrities, business leaders, and children, we are here to inspire our audience to do life better. With heart, integrity, and experience, we bring our message and positive intent into your lives through the Life Changes Show. As your life changes, we're here for you. Share the journey with us at lifechangesshow.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Life Changes Show. We're back. Now, this is our performance segment with a guest that I am so excited about and I have to thank Tess Cacciatore for introducing our performance guest to us. He is world-renowned percussionist, touring, writing, and recording artist, and solo artist, and he just released uh, this year his new album, or within the year, his first album, actually. It is Juan Escovido, also known as The J. Welcome, Juan, to the Life Changes Show. Hey, Filippo, thank you for having me. Uh, it's such a pleasure, and and I knew your music before. I knew your family before, and we'll talk that in a uh, members of your family. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but uh, yeah. we've had different uh, people that are actually part of your band on the show, besides Martin, the sax player, too. What's his name? Oh, Eddie M. Eddie yes, Menno. that's right, Eddie M. So. Right. It's like we've known of you and we've known your music and all of that. And then and then you release this album and all of a sudden we get to know you in a completely different way. And and the reason that we know you in a different way is because you wanted us to know you in a different way. What was different <laughs> about the way you wanted us to know you in this album? Well, it's different because it's songs that uh I wrote with my friend, Michael Angel Alvarado. Um, we've been working together for maybe 10 years. He's also the guitar player in my father's band, and he did some stuff with my sister. But we first met years ago, and uh, this is like my third attempt trying to do my solo 
CD. And back in the days when I was co-writing with other musicians, <clears throat> it just didn't feel right. It wasn't what I wanted to ex- express uh, through my uh, my playing. So what I did is uh, I just stopped the production stuff. I think we did like three songs in the studio. And then, like I said, I met Michelangelo and uh, we just vibed together. He's a great guitar player. And we both uh, combined our talent, talent together. You know, I came up with the, the concept of how I wanted the, the CD to sound and, and just the type of music that I, I guess, grew up listening to with a variety of different musicians and, and um, uh, recording artists. And I just combined the stuff I like, like Latin and jazz and little R&B. So it's hard to put all that on one CD, but I think I did a, well, we did a great job with the, also, my my brother uh, producing the CD, Peter Michael Escovito. Um, so I, I just wanted to express myself more, or actually uh, just express myself yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, you know we had the uh, uh, Escovito CD, the E Family, uh, years back. So there was uh, my sister Sheila, e, my father Peter Escovito, and my brother Peter Michael Escovito. Us four. Uh, collaborated with a CD and uh, we all had, you know, of course, different ideas and stuff. So with me doing my own, I could, I don't have to ask anybody <laughs> what, uh, what they like uh, as far as uh, uh, the production and writing and stuff. So uh, I just, I just was ready to do this years ago, like I said, but I'm really satisfied the way uh, everything turned out. So I hope you like it. <laughs> oh, we we we've been liking it over here so I'm, we're looking forward to sharing it right now actually let's let's start with this uh so the first piece is the very first single that came out it's called angel and it features a past performance guest of ours and a dear friend of yours i know uh martin kember and it it i mean all of you, you, you know, it's interesting. Like it, it's like a solo, like solo artists coming together and, yes, and, and making magic. Right. And I have, um, uh, El DeBarge on there and El DeBarge. Right. <laughs> yeah. He was supposed to sing lead, but he was working in the studio doing his solo project. So his contract wouldn't allow him to sing lead. So he said, well, I can sing background. I said, I'll take anything from El DeBarge. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't care if you just came in and played potato chips. Or <laughs> <laughs> Eat potato chips, rather. But, uh, uh, yeah, so yeah. I had him. Uh, he did all the backgrounds and stuff, so it was just a pleasure to uh, to work with him. Well, I was his musical director for a little while, and uh, I've been working with El for, like, 30 years off and on, so... He's a really good friend of mine. So well, since since you said that before we get to the song, I guess we just we just got to say, yeah, you were musical director for El DeBarge, indeed. But didn't you also kind of work with Prince and uh, <laughs> I, Patti LaBelle, Jody yeah. Watley, Lionel Richie, MC Hammer, Lou Big? I mean, I could go on and Vogue. I mean, come on, Barry yeah. White, Herbie <laughs> Hancock. I could stop. Cindy Lauper, I can't stop. Tito Puente. 
<laughs> right. Well, I am 60, 63, so I have been around. And uh, You are? <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, I was fortunate to uh, meet all these people. And, you know, it started with my father, Pete Escobedo. So I met a lot of the people or through my sister or brother. But um, but I, I paid my dues. I've been, you know, we've been playing for a long time and we all enjoy playing. So we got a chance to we all got a chance to work with some amazing musicians. So this is what we do. <laughs> well, and actually, uh, right before we hear the song, too, because you said that, too, uh, this this is what we do. And you got right. a chance to work with a lot of amazing musicians. You also you also worked with some not that you're going to name anybody, but I know you, 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 you say it's good to even work with people who aren't great musicians because you can learn just like you have no ego about it. You're like you learn from oh, everybody. That's correct. Yes. And there's some great um, unknown musicians, uh, especially in the Bay Area where I'm from, Oakland. Uh, they're, they're all over the place. And if I can inspire anybody or be in a band and help them create what, what they want to get out. And I know it was done for me when I was younger through my family and other uh, musicians that I met. Um, when I was younger, they gave me a chance. They they taught me well. My Uncle Cole t- helped and taught me on, on bongos. My Uncle Phil helped me when I was taking the I was playing trumpet when, in the third grade, and he actually helped me with that. So Bill Summers helped me with the African rhythms. And so there's a lot of uh, people involved. James Levi uh, played drums, helped me with trap drums from the Whispers and uh, uh, Headhunters and stuff. So there's a lot of great musicians that helped me. So I, I'm always trying to – I'm always open to play with other bands and whoever and, and – uh, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, who's the best one in the band. It's it's how much knowledge you have. Like, people, we're all, I'm always learning from other artists. It doesn't matter how long you've been playing. Mm. Mm. That's that's awesome. Well, let, let's hear this. This is Angel, the, the first cut off of Juan Escovito's self-titled album, The J. And 
Juan Escovito's The J. This was Angel, uh, the first single off of The J. Uh, Juan, congratulations. I've enjoyed that song over and over and over since I first got to hear it. And okay. and just to make sure, that's that's Sheila playing drums, right? Yes, my sister Sheila on drums. And I have uh, uh, Michael Angel, who co-wrote it with me, is playing guitar. And who's not in the video, but Keith, Keith Martin who is uh who I met on the Hammer tour when I played with Hammer actually did all the lyrics on that song Angel which did an amazing job and I have Oscar Cortaya on bass and uh Jonathan Montez on, on piano well and and of course we mentioned earlier Martin Kember Martin uh, and Elder Barge on lead vocals <laughs> in Elder Barge right yeah wow and that that's like a dream set up right there right correct <laughs> i mean who in the world wouldn't want to play with that band and, and, and especially since you all can play so many styles I, it's not that the album has so many styles but it has so many styles i like it's all in there somehow right that's what i was saying i, I love so many variety of, of musicians and and styles that uh 
yeah, we all collaborated and, uh, uh, yeah, they, they all had their input in it. And, uh, when we were in the studio, so it turned out great. And, and Rafael Sadiq, let me use his studio. So that's where the video is done at Rafael Sadiq studio. So I have to say that while I was getting to know you better, watching different videos, people are posting here and different interviews. And I, I was like, I had gone past the, yeah, okay, this is, enough that I need, or like, I don't have time for this. I'm like, I'm keeping going because I'm enjoying <laughs> this. And I, I have to say one of the, the videos I enjoyed the most and I, cause it totally caught me off guard, uh, was your 60th, was it 60th birthday party? Oh uh, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Where I guess you were caught off guard too, where I guess your daughter showed up that what you was flew in or something from someplace. Yeah. And yeah, from New York, my daughter, Brittany. Yes. Yeah. So, so I'm just watching this family. Like we already know you're not only musically talented, but now we're learning that you guys get together, you guys perform together, and then you're dancing on stage together. Your your mom <laughs> is like going at it like like I. Yeah. We call her Lucy. She always wanted to be in the act. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's my mother. We can't keep her off stage. I mean, she's part of the gig, I guess. <laughs> and that's it. I was sitting there laughing, smiling. Like it was, my heart was just like opening up. And I'm thinking, how come I don't see things like this in the world? Like your right. dad telling your mom to, hey, not gonna, and she's like shaking it up there. <laughs> Yep, that's where it started from them too. <laughs> and and then the two of you getting, you know, everybody getting emotional as and then you're telling you asking your daughter to come out and dance and all. I mean, it's just yeah, my other uh, Ziana, my other daughter. Yeah, she's an amazing singer and dancer, but she doesn't want to pursue it as a career, so I get it. <laughs> so But they're all talented, yeah. So the talent like that's that's one thing, you know, but, but the, 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 and, and the love is a whole other thing. And you, you guys seem to like pack it all in. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty nice it's, to have the family together. And uh, that's how it, it was growing up when I was younger on in Oak, East Oakland, uh, 9th Avenue, East 21st, the whole neighborhood would come by and, and my father had all his instruments out in the front room. So that's how we get got to learn like piano, bass and drums and a lot of percussion is is uh do like Tito Point they come by or San, Carlos Santana come by. I mean all these amazing musicians, Herbie Hancock. So, you know, we met them when we were young. So to see them uh in our front room and jamming with us and then and Prince came when he was seventeen, came over the house and jammed with us. So this is how we got to know a lot of these people actually before they were real famous. My father did first, actually, because uh, we were younger. But then, uh, you know, you grow up and you find out, wow, they they made it. <laughs> like, you know, you see how big they got and uh, and you just uh, keep pursuing your dreams, you know, my dreams and stuff. And now here I am with the amazing CD. So I'm on my path doing what I what I what I love to do. Good for you. And so I, so I just have to ask you because I know you've been asked before and, and I, I, 
I think it's such an important point. So people say, oh, yeah, well, he got famous, she got famous, and now they don't talk to nobody or they think they're all that and all that. Like, how did, like, there doesn't seem to be that in your group over there. So what do you, what do you owe that to? Like, I mean, what do you say, like, you know, that doesn't make sense to us to go even go there or it's not like us. What would you say? Well, it comes from my father. He's, he's like that. He's very humble and, and uh, he's a, a easygoing person that just, you know, like he said, we're just blessed to have some talent and then we get to do it for a living. So we're not out there trying to be um, arrogant or, or you can't talk to us or whatever. That's not who we are. Uh, first, we're a family who uh, believe in God and love God, and, and we're just thankful that we we get to do this for a living, so we don't take it for granted. We we really appreciate it, and, and so we know that we can make a difference in other people's lives also by just being humble, And but that's just all we are. We're just, you know, we don't look at us as, you know, if if you ask me all the people I play with, I probably couldn't tell you because that's not what I think about. I think about, you know, what I'm doing tomorrow, what I'm, you know, I don't think about all the stuff I've done. And and my father has a bunch of awards and stuff, but you would never know because it's, it's just um, people appreciate, appreciating what we're doing. So we just keep going and just be humble and, and love love each other and just do do the best we can do. Mm, that's beautiful thank you for sharing that and showing that and and being that and and now we're gonna get to play baila cha-cha-cha you want to tell us a little bit about that yes um my brother did the lyrics on this but um me and michael angel wrote this one it's uh what i love about this song is is in the video i have my mother and father and my father's 87 now and my mother's 85 and uh, they're dancing in the video in the beginning. And uh, also I have my sister Zena in there. Uh, obviously me. <laughs> and then uh, let me see my nephews in there, my nieces, the little girls you see in the video. There's my, my nieces. So the family, we all did this. And uh, in the front room, Cause I think this was, uh, Oh, wow. Yeah. We did in my parents front room. So there's a, you know, a green screen in the back and then he, my brother, Oh, my brother did the video, both videos. So I want you to know that he's a, wow. not just a producer and stuff. He also did the videos and, uh, he's done a couple of Sheila's videos and my father. So, um, yeah, we had a great time doing this. The family just came in. We just, uh, had some food out and, just uh, started filming and we didn't know what we were going to do and how it was going to turn out, but I love it. It's, it's really nice. to have the family in there, like I said, and I hope you enjoy it. Well, well, here it is. Baila, 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 or baila, cha-cha-cha from Juan Escovido's <laughs> The J.
Juan Escovito and the J. That was Baila Cha Cha Cha. Now, if that doesn't get you up and dancing, I don't know. The CD is available wherever CDs are sold, but you can go to juanescovito.com, juanescovito.com. I'm going to spell that Juan, J-U-A-N-E-S-C-O-V-E-D-O.com. Of course, as you've probably gotten from our conversation, you can find them all over social media and YouTube, et cetera, et cetera. But go to juanescovito.com to learn more about him and get the album where albums are sold, The J. So Juan, I, 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 I'm trying to remember because I watched that video a while back and 
wasn't there an outside perch where people were dancing outside in the street or something? It was that well, it looks, yeah, uh, it looks like they are, but uh, oh, they're not. No, that's off the screen. <laughs> <laughs> My brother added all that from the front room. Oh, oh wow. Okay, you fooled me. Amazing job. Yeah. Well, I I have to tell you, maybe because I just got swept up in the moment because it just kind of felt like, you know, like it was a block party. And yeah. I, I was thinking, boy, now that's a block party I want to go to. The, <laughs> the, uh, the E-Family block party. Right. So, well, you know, we'll be having that going on on September 8th. What? Uh, I'll Where? be at Yoshi's. I'll be at Yoshi's in Oakland. Oh, tell us. Yeah, so that's actually my mother's birthday, oh. September 8th. So okay. I booked that day and uh, trying to make her and my father come. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, you got to come, it's your birthday. So, uh, yeah, so I'll be in Yoshi's, uh, at, I think, at 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock show, two shows, September 8th in Oakland. Ah, exciting. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, and they'll, you'll be uh, playing songs from the album, right? Yeah, all the songs will be from the, the CD. And uh, Martin Kemper is coming down from L.A. And oh, uh, lead, I have Eddie M. And uh, Leah Ticey, my sister Zena Escovito singing background. Um, yeah, I have an amazing band uh, coming down. Um, yeah, it's going to be a party. It's going to be just like what you see in the video. Nice. Well, Juan, you're you're just like I've seen in all the other videos and interviews, and I I I I'm loving the music. I'm loving what you're about. Uh, thank you, thank you for sharing with us as you have here on the Life Changes Show. And either looking forward to seeing you in September or something else. Okay, sounds good. All right, all the best to you. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you so much, Felipe. Juan Escovito. Again, JuanEscovito.com. Well, that is our show. With a big thank you to Juan Escovito and to our guest, Bill Clum. I want to thank all of you for listening in. Uh, on behalf of our executive producer, Dorothy Lee Donahue, and our producer and uh, co-host, Mark Lejeure, I am your host, Filippo Voltaggio, reminding you that as your life changes, like ours surely did tonight, we're here for you. Ciao, everyone. You have been listening to the Life Changes Show on the BBS Radio Network. Listen live every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Time and visit us online at lifechangesnetwork.com, on Facebook at the Life Changes Show, and on Twitter at Life Changes Show. Join us again next week as we consciously explore and embrace the only constant, Life Changes. The Life Changes Network is an entertainment network. The views and opinions expressed are those of the guests and participants and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Life Changes. <laughs>